My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative as it relates to their perspective. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts, regardless of age, status, or industry. We intend to transparently investigate the evolving global dialogue regarding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. By hosting these stories and conversations, we aim to contribute to the changing platform and representation of these individuals for the future. If you're enjoying this podcast series, be sure to check out our subsequent series called Roundtable with Patricia Kathleen, where we talk with a panel of guests regarding key topics that arise in these individual interviews. You can subscribe to all of our podcast series on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, as well as our website, patriciacathleen.com. You can also contact me directly via this website or through my media website, wild.agency. That's W-I-L-D-E dot agency. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I am your host, Patricia, and today we are sitting down with Gigi Diaz. Gigi is a radio personality, entrepreneur, and life coach. Welcome, Gigi. Hi, I'm so glad we get to chit-chat. Absolutely, I am too. I'm really excited to climb through um, kind of all the different facets of your career and what you're doing um, with uh, your radio and, and your life coaching and all of that. For everyone listening, um, we do have a little bit of a time delay and Gigi and I are gonna power through it um, like the champs that we are, but I just wanted to kind of put that out there. I'm gonna read a brief bio on Gigi, but before I do that, a quick roadmap for today's podcast, we will first look at Gigi's academic background as well as her early professional life. Then we'll turn our attention towards Um, unpacking some of what she's doing with her entrepreneurship, her radio hosting, and any other current endeavors that she would like to divulge with us. Then we'll turn our attentions towards Gigi's goals that she has um, for all of her endeavors for the next one to three years. And we'll wrap everything up with um, looking at advice that Gigi may have for those of you looking to get involved with what she does or perhaps emulate some of her success. A really quick bio on Gigi before I start peppering her with questions. She's a multifaceted journalist and entrepreneur (laughs) with experience in TV and radio as both on-air talent and producer. Gigi is also the founder of Gigi's Academy, a performing arts center ranked top three in Miami, Florida, dedicated to providing children a safe and fun growing environment. She's also the founding of Seizing Happy, a life coaching organization offering mindset and business coaching for women. So Gigi, I'm excited to kind of climb through. I love that you've got um, kind of these different branches of what you do, and I can't wait to find out how all of that comes together. But I'm hoping you'll first start off by kind of drawing us a picture of your early academic life and professional life following um, academia. So academically, I have my bachelor's degree in sociology and anthropology by accident because I started doing journalism um, and that was going to turn into a double major. But uh, at the time that I was at FIU, there was craziness going on in the journalism department with the professors having all kinds of stuff going on with the university. And I had already been there too long because I'm one of those people that I'm a nerd just by birth. So I love school and I was never in a hurry to get out. And next thing I look, I'm like, wait, my scholarship is about to run out because, you know, you have like a a number of credits that you can do. And I still didn't have my degree. I'm like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) So I was like, 
six classes away from a sociology and anthropology degree. And I was like, whatever, I'll just, I'll do that just because now I have to get out, right? They're like rushing me out of here. Yeah. Um, and then after that, a couple of years after I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I went back to school for my master's because I was still doing broadcast. I was still doing communications. And just because I felt like it was going to give me that extra tool, you know, it was going to give me that extra um, thing that I could always use. Um, and because I'm a nerd and I love school, I went back for my master's in global strategic communications. So that's my academic background. And then a little bit after that, I went back again to get my certification as a life coach. Um, through an ICF course that is offered at the University of Miami. Okay. And so was that a, a master's or was it just an additional certification? It's an additional certification. And then with that certification, I also got a certificate in something. It's like a, it's a course that was initially given by a Harvard professor and they brought it down to UM as well. And it's a certificate in happiness studies. So pretty much understanding the foundation of happiness and what we can do actively each day to, to find Oh, my word. I think that should be like a required course for the entire <laughs> of civilization, at least in the United States. That sounds fascinating. I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. So did you know after you were getting these um, advanced certifications, did you know what you were going to head into? Or at that point, were you just kind of still feeling out the professional market? And where did you go to next? Girl, listen, for me, everything has worked kind of backwards. So um, I kind of got my degrees in a way to justify what I was already doing. So I actually, my first time I was ever doing broadcast, I was six years old on television in Cuba. I've been doing TV since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then when we came from Cuba to the United States in uh, 94, by 95, I was working in Univision in this national, uh, international show called Sábado Gigante as a performer. And then they do an incredible job at Univision at training their kids. So I received training in acting, in dance, in hosting. They nice. would teach you how to speak in front of a camera. So I'm 10, 11 years old. I was doing commercials for Kellogg's. I was doing commercials for First Union. That's a bank that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> and I'm totally yeah. dating myself. <laughs> but right. um, you know, I was I was doing stuff on television and already. And so I get into high school and my mom, who is the, the most incredible, most driven person I know, um, she was like, you know what? Um, she was very, very sick. And she's like, I still have to work. I still have to do something to give me purpose. So we're going to open a newspaper. And this is, again, me dating myself. Um, she opened a newspaper called In Contacto, and, but my mom's not computer or she wasn't very computer savvy at the time. So she's like, well, You've got that computer I bought you and you're on it all day. So you're going to learn to do graphic design. There's a guy coming tomorrow. You're going to learn how it's done. So just so you nice. know, four o'clock. Like, wait, what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do graphic design. I wanted to work for the FBI when I was a teenager. Um, all the singing and dancing stuff that I was doing was just like entertainment. Mm -hmm. So lo and behold, I fall in love with print journalism. When I tell you fall in love, I would write the columns. And then I, I started writing for the newspaper with topics like how to get into college and how to fill out your FAFSA. And then I was doing bilingual columns for 
parents who were in my mom's situation, who had no idea what the hell was going on with my studies and wanted to know and wanted to be informed and wanted to help their kids to get through college. And I Mm -hmm. wrote about like FAFSA and what parents need to do and different grants and all this kind of stuff. And for people listening, sorry to cut you off really quickly. FAFSA was back in my day, it was the financial aid form that you filled out to apply for federal financial aid for universities and colleges. Is that right? Yeah, it still is. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, That's excellent. I remember filling mine out. Oh, it's a nightmare Um, for, you know, for all college students. It's something that you do, even if you don't need financial aid, even if you want to get like work study or you need to get grants or whatever to supplement your college education. um, That's, that's what, that's a big chunk of paperwork you have to fill out online. So I was kind of in journalism and print journalism, even in high school. So uh, from there, I because I opened my dance studio when I got out of high school, so it was the first thing I did was an entrepreneurial path. Um, I opened Gigi's Academy in 2003, and I had been doing a lot of stuff with the studio where I would take them to local events and I would take them to community fundraisers and stuff like that, um, like Mother's Day events. I would pretty much show up with the dance studio anywhere because it was, you know, it was the kind of marketing and promotion I could afford because I was 18 years old. I didn't have a chunk of money put away anywhere. My mom and dad aren't wealthy. Hey, sit. Um, So I kind of had to figure it out on my own. Don't mind my dog. Um, I kind of had to figure it out. (laughs) Thank you. She's, her name is Leah. Leah, say hi. She's like, what mom? (laughs) I love it. <laughs> so yeah, you had to kind um, of figure out things college, out on your own route. Yeah, and then when I got into college, um I already had a love for journalism. I had been doing uh, you know, reporting and then I started writing for other newspapers and other magazines uh as a freelancer and then I realized that that's communications is what I loved and I got my degree and I I started my studies in journalism. Like I said the school of journalism at my at my university at that time was a little crazy. Um, sociology and anthropology was the degree I ended up leaving as a bachelor's, which was actually even better because they gave me such a a clear ability to understand different groups of people and why Mm -hmm. we are the way that we are, which in communications is essential when you're trying to reach masses. Um, and then I continued my, I continued both paths simultaneously. I, I continued with my business, which is still open today. I think it's like 16 years or something now, which is weird. Um, and it feels like yesterday still. Um, and then I, I continued working television is what I was doing the most until I accidentally ended up in radio. So, okay, well, let's get into that accidental slide into radio, but before we do (laughs) the Gigi's Academy, how do you manage, do you have a general manager? And when you started out, did you have just yourself or did you start it out with a buddy? Was it all alone? I mean, cause I imagine over 15, 16 years it grew, but now how much of it are you still a part of? So when I started, I was the main instructor. My foundation in dance training was in flamenco, jazz, and modern. And I had additional workshop training in hip hop. So I was able to teach the four main classes that we offered in the, in the dance studio. So I started by myself. I had, I think I was missing like 500 bucks or something to be able to get into the place that I wanted to get into. And I told my mom, I was like, she asked me, she's like, what are you going to do? You're going to college. So what are you going to study? I'm like, you're having this conversation by yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to open a business. I'm going to go to college because otherwise you'll probably kick me out of the house. But what I really want to do is I want to open this dance studio. That's like this thing I have in mind. And she's like, cool. What do you need for that? 
Um, so I told her I'm like 500 bucks and I want to barter the mirrors because I needed mirrors too, obviously with your newspaper. She's like, all right, you can barter whatever you want and I'll lend you the 500 bucks, but you have a year to give it back to me to the date. And my mom does not play. Like my mom is strict. My mom is like a military sergeant. Like she's very strict. So of course a year in, um, I am, I'm proudly bring my mom these 500 bucks. Like I'm bringing her the Holy grail, you know? And I'm like, mom, here's your 500 bucks. And she's like, I don't want that. And I'm like, I've been stressing (laughs) because I wanted to make sure I gave you back. She's like, I just wanted you to be committed. And I wanted you to know that running a business doesn't come for free. And that what you ask for, you need to give back. And what you get into, you need to get into 100%. And I just wanted to know that you were committed to what you were doing. So she didn't take the 500 bucks back, but. <laughs> nice. So it's still up and running. Did you eventually, as it grew, did you hire a general manager to take that oh, over yeah. so that you could do your own endeavors? Absolutely. So I, I have teachers. I have seven instructors that teach right now. I actually have my mom as my manager right now because it's better for her. She's She's very sick and she's been with me throughout my entire career of, you know, dancing since I was four years old. So she understands the business very well. Um, she was with there, you know, with me through the process of opening it and, and teaching and, and the whole shebang. And she's an entrepreneur herself. My mom has opened and managed multiple business um, since we've come to the United States. So she's very familiar with what it takes to keep a business afloat. So mm-hmm. when I graduated from my bachelor's, I actually had two dance studios that we were running simultaneously. And it was really overwhelming. I wanted to focus more so on my career and I, I wasn't dedicating as much time to teaching or any of that. And so I, I, you know, I was going to sell it. And instead she's like, you know, I can just manage it for you. This is a great plan B in case anything ever goes wrong. You have, you know, a healthy source of income here that, you know, I'll take, I'll babysit it for you. She's like, you've put so much into this business. It's like your child. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard for you to just, you know, make the decision to shut it down. And you shouldn't have to, if I can just take care of it. So we did that. We, we downsized to one studio instead of the two that we had running simultaneously. And, um, and that's what we have going on right now. The dance studio has four rooms. We teach ballet, jazz, hip hop, belly dance, uh, salsa, and what am I missing? Infusion for the babies. And we have summer camp, after school, you know, all sorts of services for the kids. And now because of what's going on with our, you know, with our, I guess, at a global level, uh, the dance studio is closed, but we're offering a lot of like cyber classes and we yeah. get together with the kids on Zoom and, and teach and dance and review their choreography. Like that. That's fantastic. It's great to see that, you know, that you held on to. I think a lot of people get tempted to let those early endeavors go. And, you know, it is a part of your legacy. Like you were mentioning, you know, this, the, 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 your mother was saying it's a childlike format that you, you know, something you created and um, continuing to let it go. I think that the most important thing is learning how to kind of shell off some of that responsibility as you grow and which it sounds like you did beautifully with your mother kind of sliding in and managing that. So now I want to get into, you mentioned kind of accidentally backing into this great fortune, um, fortunate experience of kind of backing into radio. How did that happen? It sounds like you were involved in television and then something happened with radio. <laughs> yes. So I was, I was working television for a long time. Like I said, ever since I was a kid, I got into uh, Univision as a performer and through there you start doing different things. I was working as a reporter, um, Spanish and English. I did a lot of uh, sports. I did harness racing at a national level, Um, but I kept taking my dance studio to different places. 
one of the places where we were asked to perform was for the, the, then they were just the Florida Marlins or the Miami Marlins. Now they would do family Sundays and they had a beautiful stage set up every Sunday before the game, like an hour before the game. What's up, mommy? An hour before the game. And, um, we were asked to perform, but we didn't know, I didn't know at the time when I was asked to go that the people that hosted the stage was the Radio Disney Miami team. Hmm. So anytime I have ever taken the kids to perform anywhere with Gigi's Academy, my only deal was always, we want to provide this entertainment free to the community. When it was a community event, such as performing for the Marlins or, you know, when, in our city, they do so many wonderful events in our city. So we're always performing there. But my only my only requirement is that I introduce my dancers. So if there's going to be any hosting, it's got to be done by me. And the reason is because, listen, no one's going to sell your business or your products better than you. Right. So I know the dance that's coming up next. I know what they're performing. I know the age groups for the girls or the boys or whatever. So I can say up next, we have our beginners belly dancers. This is their very first time on the stage. You know, so give them a big welcome. I make the kids feel good. They feel special. I, I let the audience know what they're going to see. So, you know, and, and I can sell my product. It's the yeah. purpose of, of going out. Um, so I ended up doing the same thing with this radio Disney stage at the Miami Marlins. And, um, you know, they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. You can, you can introduce your performers, no big deal. And I think we had a contract with them where we were performing, like we did almost the whole season. About three shows in, the programming director, who is now one of my greatest friends and lifelong mentors, comes up to me and he's like, hey, how would you like a job in radio? And I'm like, absolutely not. I have enough jobs. I'm good. Yeah. I'm like, I have this business. I work as a reporter for television. I'm in school still. Like, I'm, I'll pass. Um, and he's like, you know, I really think that you would be good at uh, doing radio with Radio Disney. And I would love for you to just come in and have a conversation with me at the station. So I just, I'm like, you know what? A conversation, I'm, I'm very open. The reason why my, my life, my professional life kind of has wavered in and out of things is because I am always open to listening to an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Listening to an opportunity is not a commitment. It's opening a door for myself. So if I want to do it, I say yes. If I don't, I, I politely say thank you. No, thank you. Um, but I think listening to opportunities is the only way to be able to take advantage of them. It's step one. So mm -hmm. I, um, I went into the meeting and I instantly fell in love with him, with the team, with what they do. They did a lot of what I was doing, lots of community events, community outreach, um, helping kids, you know, and families and being out there connecting and communicating. And I mean, it's Radio Disney. It's an incredible brand. So mm. I began uh, working with them first as part of their promotions team and doing all of their events. And then, you know, shortly into being hired, he offered me an on-air position doing their um, it, it Spanish and in English doing one of their shows, which was so much fun. Because I would produce and I would do all the hosting and I would put it all together. And I loved the creative freedom that came with it. And again, the team was just, it's just one of those teams that, you know, you think back and you're like, wow, I was so happy working there, you know? So mm -hmm. I ended up moving on because I was offered a uh, morning show position with another company. So it was an opportunity for growth. It was, you know, a, a moving upward in radio. And then... I loved it. I fell in love. 
I'm, I'm still in love, deeply in love with radio. So after that morning show position uh, with a company called SBS here in Miami, I was hired by iHeartRadio, which is a national, it's the number one podcasting platform. It's my new home. And, um, and I do middays there for a station called 93.9 MIA. I also do weekends in Spanish for a station called Rumba, which covers um, Atlanta, different uh, cities in California, and it has a, a very wide reach. And then I also do evenings in West Palm Beach on a station called Mia Noventa y Dos Uno, also in Spanish. So I get to do Spanish and English um, in different parts of the country, and it's so much fun. And it's yeah. the, kind of, um, the kind of organization that makes you feel appreciate it as talent and it gives you freedom to do things. Like if I have an idea for something I want to do for social media, I could go to my boss and tell him like, Hey, I want to do this. And he'd be like, okay, how are you going to do it? Nice. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, I think absolutely. as somebody that, that comes from a very creative background, you need to have that kind of um, support, you know, to, to continue to to have sure. the crazy juices flowing. So tell me, how does radio, does it, is it similar in television? There's frequently, particularly with hosts that jump around a little bit like you have with your career, they're frequently poached. You know, a producer or someone will see someone and think they would do really well for the new segment that we have. And I'm wondering with radio, did you yourself seek out all of these? Because you have like this, this scattering of you have the, the history, the positions that you've had. And right now you're servicing like so many different platforms. Did you get poached? Did people approach you or did you actively keep your eye out and apply to these um, different segments and, and positions that you have? It's been both. It's been both. At different times in my career, there have been times when I have felt ready to do something bigger, when I felt ready to kind of challenge myself and put myself at a different level. Um, and I have reached out directly. And there have been times, for example, what, you know, the work that I'm doing now with iHeartRadio, um, what I do with Roomba and what I do at West Palm, those producers came up to me and said, you know, we'd love to also have your voice on these other iHeartRadio stations. We feel like you deliver well. You have the kind of energy that our station um, kind of likes to give our listeners. So are you interested in that? So I think it works. It's worked both ways. And I think it's important for anybody out there to, um, and this is something that I teach a lot in my coaching, is you've got to put yourself out there. You can't just sit and wait for offers. If you know that you're ready for growth, if you know you have what it takes to push yourself to the next level, you have to feel confident enough to, to ask for the position. If the, if the position doesn't exist, ask to create it. Be the person that, that creates that position in that company. Um, and, and put yourself out there. And I feel like there's such a big fear of failure um, that a lot of times holds people back from saying, hey, you know what? Um, I'm good being here. I'm so grateful to this company for giving me five, six, seven, 12 years, but I want to do something more. And, right. and I found a job somewhere else going through that process and asking and applying. And, you know, people feel like being told no is going to, is going to suck. And it does. And people feel like if you put yourself out there and you fail, it's going to suck. And it does. But the truth is that that's where the growth is, you know, and challenging yourself to do more and in putting yourself out there is where you're going to find the, the new space to grow into. And if you're, if you're scared of failing, you're not going to learn. If you're scared of failing, you're not going to grow. If you're scared of failing, you're going to be stuck in the same place. And one day you're going to be old enough and wise enough. And you're going to feel like, I wish I had done more with my life. You know, sure. nobody, I, I, I've never heard anybody say, man, I wish I'd done less. I've always heard people tell me, I wish I'd done more. 
Absolutely. So you got to be able to put yourself out there and take a risk and be told no and be turned down. Who cares? <laughs> so I'm curious with the different um, radios, that are the programs that you host, do you have one in particular that speaks to you? Also, what kind of genre? You're, you say you do, you're delivering some of them in Spanish and some of them in English, but do you have kind of a, are you a, a like a typecast? Do you have areas that you report on? Are you doing hard news? Are these editorial programs like can you give us a brief synopsis of the different programs that you're hosting yeah absolutely so i do middays on 93.9 mia so that's very music heavy and hyper local for south florida so when i talk into my stop sets i'll let you know for example now with everything that's going on with coronavirus i'll keep you informed about breaking news i'll keep you informed about where food drives are happening i'll keep you informed when it's not when it hasn't been this current situation that we're in with coronavirus, it's a lot of local fun events that are happening in our community, opportunities for parents to enjoy family nights for free or for a very low cost through organizations that um, look out to offer these kinds of services you know, for parents. So it's very hyper-local. It's a lot of fun. We absolutely get into all the fun gossipy stuff with our favorite celebrities and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Nice. Um, and I always make it a point to have positivity and to have to share tools and tips that are going to bring you up during your day. Um, for the shows that I do in Spanish, the essence of the show is the same. They're music heavy. They're a lot of fun, very energetic. And then because I am, because I, pre I produce my shows, so I know what cities I'm broadcasting in, I bring that same kind of local awareness to the listener. Even though I'm not there, I make sure to get all the information that I can. I'm signed up with the news list. I, I talk to producers, to event coordinators, um, to different community leaders in these cities to make sure that I can bring the best information to the listeners within the cities that I'm broadcasting for. Now, where nice. I do get into more of an in-depth, long, uh, long talking kind of format is with my podcast. I have a podcast called Chats with Gigi, and that's where we can go on and on and on and we cover anything. So with all the coronavirus craziness, we had um, a doctor join us on the show to discuss the the facts and the and the and the myths about the disease uh, the virus um we've had uh podcast episodes on how to pitch yourself if you're an entrepreneur and how to get features on how to find your purpose on sex and relationships and how to keep that fresh and, and going because it's important mm -hmm. um so those are more elaborate shows that are more of like a like a talking thing and we expand on a lot of different topics so that's the chats with gg podcast and that's pretty much on any podcasting platform so do that's you a lot share of do you share your teams i'm wondering like your production teams and things like that do they cross pollinate between the radio or is podcasts your chats with gg podcast uh like a strictly separate endeavor Girl, I am my own production team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's all up in your head anyway. <laughs> it would be too messy yeah, to have everyone it's else all there. Me. That's fantastic. So, no, it um, would be awesome. No, it'd be great. I'm a great delegator. I would love to delegate a lot of stuff to different people, but no, it's just me. I, I produce my shows. They're very personal. It's everything that's in my heart and in my mind on that day at the time that you're hearing it. And then with my podcast, you know, I planned them out ahead of time. As you know, these things require scheduling and all that. But it's it's all me when it comes to my radio and my my on-air stuff. It's me. And That's Leah, me. Leah over here. She makes sure that everything 
It's a lot, <laughs> like you were mentioning good. briefly, it's a lot of moving balls though. You know, when you're hosting shows and you're bringing in, it sounds like you're very cognizant and um, very thoughtful about making sure that you bring in pertinent, you know, up-to-date information for um, the local area as well as a national, you know, the COVID updates and things like that. And then dropping in, you know, the music and everything else, like those are a lot of moving balls to be managing, you know, um, on one zone. It's, it's a, it, it deserves incredible, you know, um, accolades on, uh, from me to you as well as everybody else when you have something that intense going on. Um, on so many different platforms. It sounds like you were born to do it as well. It sounds like it's your life's calling, you know, because you're doing it so gleefully that um, it's it's got to be. I'm wondering when you look forward, because you are the master of your domain and because you you have everything, you know, you are boss over everything that you're doing. Have you looked forward at the next one to three years? Have you speculated about what you want to get more into or endeavor less on? Have you thought about that in that terms of one to three years? Always. I'm always looking forward. Um, so after I founded my, my most recent business, my second business, Seizing Happy, um, I've, I've been doing so much um, one-on-one coaching that I know that I, I have the ability to reach more women and to help more women. So we've, slowed, we've gradually started to create community events that we host monthly. A lot of these events are offered free of charge. A lot of them are workshop style events where we bring in professionals to give information, to give tips, to train these women um, in how to launch their business and avoid all the mistakes that I have made so they can get to their success quicker. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think that Moving forward, I definitely, definitely will uh, continue to pursue my career in radio. iHeartRadio is an incredible company that has given me um, so much reach and so much um, happiness to be able to, to, to work and broadcast. I find that it's such a blessing to be able to, uh, to do radio and to reach people in their homes every day. Um, so that's definitely something I want to continue doing. And with Seizing Happy, I, I am currently working on expanding my coaching into an online program where I can welcome a larger portion of people. It's a well-rounded program that does what Seizing Happy is all about, which is nurture the woman behind the business and the business. I personally, during my, um, my second round of school, when I went back for my master's degree, I was working three jobs and I was not as good at taking care of myself and at juggling as I am right now. And Mm. I worked myself into an urgent care. I was losing my hair. I was breaking out everywhere. It was a hot mess. I was working mornings uh, in radio. I was working until 11 o'clock. And mornings in radio means you wake up at 3.45 in the morning. And I was working evenings in harness racing, broadcasting um, for, you know, for, for the races until like 10, 45, 11 o'clock at night. I was producing everything in between. I was still um, more deeply involved with the management of Gigi's Academy. It was, I was a hot mess. And <laughs> I started losing my hair. I was literally malnourished. I drove myself to an urgent care because I lost my vision while I was driving. I had to pull over. I was terrified. And in, in a long process of testing and all sorts of things, you know, my doctor pretty much told me you need eight hours of sleep and to eat a proper meal and you need to cut this out because you're, you're going to end up really sick right now. You just feel sick, but you're, you're going to end up really sick. And that taught me that the definition of success needs to come from within, not from meeting goals, which sounds crazy considering all the stuff that I do. 
But if you haven't found your definition of happiness, if you haven't found your definition of success, you're constantly chasing check marks that other people have put out there for you, that society has put out there for you. So for me in seizing happy after a lot of personal growth and many years of, of, learn, of looking inward instead of outward and you know, meditating and breathing and, and getting to know myself as a person, not just the me that is the entrepreneur, which was mm -hmm. my main focus, I realized that it wasn't necessarily a bad thing that I worked myself sick, but it was definitely something that needed to stop. The reason I don't think it was a bad thing is because it made me aware of what I needed to do for other women that are also driven, that also want to achieve all these things, that also have felt overwhelmed by the list of goals that they've set out for themselves. And I just feel like it's not fair to work sideways in that, which is what a lot of us do. Mm -hmm. And I've learned how to work in a forward motion with what it is that you want to do. And the most important part of that is nourishing the person behind those goals. If that person is not well, you cannot achieve the things that you want to achieve. And I feel like for women, especially, we want to be a good wife. You want to be a good mom. You want to be a good daughter. You want to be your BFF's best BFF. And then you also want to make happy hour on Fridays and do homework with your kids. And you want to do all those things and you want to wear all those hats. But you can't if you don't stop and take care of yourself. But there's a guilt factor that, yeah. that goes into that. And we feel bad. We feel guilty like we're doing something wrong when we nourish our own bodies and our souls and our minds. And we put everything second. But you have to because you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're not well, you cannot give 100% of yourself to your business, to your goals, to your husband, to your children, or to your family. So that's the goal of seizing happy. I do think that you're right in that point. I think that um, keeping that in your forethought, you know, as a, as a human being, as a woman or a female identified non-binary individual, um, people in our communities are frequently encouraged not to even, you know, people will say, yes, 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 take care of yourself, yeah. but make sure you put everyone else first. And those two things cannot make sense together. So I think it is fascinating. And it does sound like it's your core platform for seizing happy. I'm wondering given that you, Seizing Happy is this kind of coaching, this life coaching experience, if you were to advise, um, if someone came up to you tomorrow, uh, you know, a young woman, uh, female identified non-binary individual and said, listen, I'm going to launch out on my own. I'm going to do, I've got this kind of, um, in this dance studio I started and I'm going to go into, you know, communications and things like that. And um, knowing what you know now, what are the top three pieces of career advice you would give that person to kind of save them? I guess these are kind of asking about the core constituents as well as um, seizing happy, because it sounds like that's what this is all based on yeah. advice that you've learned that you're helping people out. But what are your top three? The first thing I would say is you need to know your why. A lot of times people want to be entrepreneurs or launch a business or get a degree or whatever, because they think there's more money behind it, because there is a status that society will give you. And those are good reasons, but you need to have your why. So the way that I do that, and I do this a lot with my clients and coaching also is why do you want to open this business? Whatever answer you think you have, ask yourself why about that answer. And go deeper and deeper and deeper into the why, into the real truth and roots of your desire to open this business, not the money, not the status, not the time that you think you're going to have off, which you're not, 
Um, none of those things, the real, the, the root, the very, very deep root that you don't really know unless you ask yourself why at least a dozen times and go deep into what it is that this business is going to give you um, on a personal, emotional, and spiritual level. Once you find that, all the hardships and the surprises that you're going to run into in your business, all the obstacles are going to be a lot easier to overcome and to grow from because the biggest, most important thing that you're going to think back to is, I know why I'm doing this. Because ultimately, money is not going to be enough to go through all the obstacles. You can have all the money in the world and be miserable because status is not enough. The definition of status and the people around you see their definition of status and how they view you is constantly changing because you're moving through circles your entire life. Mm -hmm. So that's not enough either. So finding your why, your real core why would be tip number one. Um, tip number two, I think, is to be able to surround yourself with a tribe that's going to support you. A lot of times we want to enter this new chapter in our lives as entrepreneurs or as you know CEOs or as managers or something bigger than what we are. And we expect to find the understanding and the support in the circle of people that have surrounded us where we've been. And where you've been and who is there is not always the same person that you need for where you want to go. Hmm. So knowing that you, that you are the sum of the people that are immediately around you and surrounding yourself with people that are going to nurture you, empower you, teach you, and push you forward, people that are going to challenge you in a positive way toward your growth, having that tribe, I feel, is essential to an entrepreneur or to anybody seeking growth. And I mean growth personally and professionally. So mm -hmm. knowing your why surrounding yourself with the people that are going to push you in the right direction, that are going to teach you and empower you. And I would say for the third thing, and this one's a little bit more business oriented, but, and it's hard, outsource and delegate. Mm -hmm. Invest in yourself. If you're not investing in yourself, your growth is stunted so badly. And you're not going to be able to get to where you want to go as quickly. And a lot of times as entrepreneurs, because most of us don't start with a million dollars, right? Most of us start with 10 bucks in your bank account and, the, and your credit card. <laughs> and you put it all on the credit card and pray to God that it goes well. That's the right. majority of entrepreneurs. And there's nothing wrong with that. So because we start that way, when somebody tells you, hey, invest in a marketing campaign, not in boosting your Instagram post, in a marketing campaign. Invest in a coach that's going to teach you and guide you. Invest in the things that are going to give back to your business. It's like, oh, I can't invest right now. I'm not making the money that I need to make, you know, or I'm a small business. I can't invest in that. Like, I can't put my money toward that. Yes, you can. Trust me when I tell you, we splurge in ways that we don't even notice. If you're buying coffee every morning on the way to work, that's five bucks a day that you can put away toward investing in your business, toward having a professional come and guide you in something. Because as entrepreneurs, we want to wear all the hats. Mm. We want to be the graphic designer, the publicist, the, the creator of the, of the thing, and the salesperson, and, 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 right? Like I used to do my graphic design when I, was, when I was younger in my business, my website design, all the editing of my music, all the editing of my videos, teach all my classes, put all the, you know, all the stuff up, and then go and host the events. You can't, because ultimately, None of that is going to be at its hundred percent because you're not all those things. You are the face of your business and the creator of your product, but you don't need to be the person that sells it, packages it, markets it, advertises it, publishes it, 
you know, manage it. You, you can't do all that. So you have to invest in creating the professional push that your business needs and for yeah. different businesses and different uh, places and in, with, whether it's a product or a service, that's a different thing, but you have to invest. So have your why surround yourself with the right people and be ready to invest. Even when you think you're not ready, not in other things, invest in you as an entrepreneur, invest in your business for its growth. The stuff that's going to give back to you right away. That's, that's important. Absolutely. Those are three fantastic pieces. I completely concur as well. And I think that they hit on a lot of the main um, hiccups and potholes that you can potentially run into. And the um, asking why to the why, your original you know, um, piece of advice, I love that. And I love going deeper and not just saying, because I want to be successful or these kind of blanket remarks you know, that we can all have. Um, Gigi, thank you so much for speaking with us today. I really appreciate you taking, you're one of the busiest people I've ever heard of. And um, I love your story and your background. <laughs> and um, I hope that we can circle back around and meet up with you again and get you on a couple of uh, other podcasts. I really appreciated hearing everything. And thank you so much for talking with me today. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I loved this opportunity to share with your listeners and it would be my pleasure to join you again. We could talk all day. It's so much fun. Absolutely. This is my bread and butter. I love it too. Um, for everyone listening, you can contact her um, on her website, www.ggdiaz.com. That's G-I-G-I-D-I-A-Z.com. And for um, all of your time and your efforts today, I want to say thank you for joining us. And until we speak again next time, remember to always bet on yourself. Sláinte.